fucking ma- fucking machine man. I mm. you don't need a job. You don't need a job. You don't need, or if you want a job, you don't need to patrol. Or what are you even doing outside? I don't understand. Decide who you are. <laughs> like, like, and I know that's like part of the. That's part of the goal. Do the goal. The, Work toward the... But what like, are you doing? Pick a goal. Well, pick yeah. a goal. Well, the goal has been stated several times, like I said, is to figure out who, how he fits into human society. And in order to do that, he needs to understand, the, understand humanity a little better. So do that. Yep. I, yeah. Do anything that furthers that goal. You're doing nothing that further you're doing things i guess but none yeah. nothing toward that end so all right all right all right yeah <sighs> all right captain america number 231 has a cover by keith pollard and al milgram and is written by roger mckenzie penciled by sal buscema inked by don perlin colored by bob sharon lettered by tom Morzakowski, and edited by roger stern so uh, we get a recap of everything that's been going on uh, during the last few issues with all of the Hulk stuff we talked about and all of that. Um, meanwhile, uh, Cap goes to Falcon's Harlem office to just, you know, be like, hey, what's going on here? Well, and he, um, he's all pissed off at Shield in general too, because things have changed, and he can't talk to Fu- he can't bitch Fury out about it, and his apartment's smashed, and he's just like, I don't, uh, I just, I just want to hang out with somebody, like, yeah, and shoot the shit, and he gets there, and Peggy's already there, and she's like, come help, I have to tell you about this Nazi. He's a Nazi. I mean, I don't. And uh, that Sharon's wrapped up with this Nazi. Well, yeah. So Sharon and a couple of S.H.I.E.L.D. people were at this rally by the National Force uh, to, you know, back up the police. Um, But then the Grand Director started doing something which set off a riot. Um and we find out later that there's like a lot of mind control going on but the upshot is that Sharon uh, joins in the riot because grr minorities um, and has since disappeared Uh, they're like okay well Cap says I'll look into it Peggy goes to leave and her car is blown up by a couple of National Force operatives cool uh, that brings us to Captain America number 232, which has a, which was written by Roger McKenzie and Jim Shooter, colored by George Russo's and lettered by Elaine, Elaine Heinel. Oh, uh, Peggy, Peggy is thrown clear. And, uh, when Cap captures the operatives, uh, they immolate themselves rather than be turned in. Uh, Steve is like, well, shit. Uh, so he goes, he goes looking for information, uh, re- remembers, oh yeah, I was a cop for a minute. 
puts his co- his his uh I in my notes I accidentally said costume but it's a uniform. Uh puts his cop uniform back in are back on for five minutes to remind us uh, that this is a thing that did actually happen and not some kind of fever dream. Um, He goes to the precinct, is bitched out by his former superior, which is interrupted by the commissioner who's just like, yeah, come in here and talk to me. Uh, Before the commissioner is even really done, uh, Cap leaves the minute he says that, like, He's been told not to go after these dudes. So he goes and chases down some people, finds out that if anybody knows anything, it's Boss Morgan, Falcon's old enemy. Uh, He goes to see Morgan. This all ends with a clash between Morgan's men and the National Force in Harlem and Cap's in the middle. Also, Sharon is now a white supremacist. Yep. Yep. So one the cap, the one thing sorry. in this issue that I'm like okay cool um is when he goes back this is the second time he's done it that I can remember in recent history goes back to his apartment as cap and just walks in straight yeah. front door front doors it all the way to his apartment and as he's walking by there's just a rando that lives in the building that's like Holy shit, was that Captain America? Yeah. I must... Maybe I, maybe I need to call in or whatever, right? Holy shit, right. was that... Does Captain America live in my building? And, like, <laughs> this is the... This is the second time that he's, like, completely forgot. Which, you know, I've harped on this and harped on this and harped on this. I just want him to be both, right? Like, mm-hmm. they... they The same person. Um, yeah. Not... If, Steve is not the secret identity. Steve is Captain America. Um, and we're getting closer and closer to that. If that's what this is. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is. Um, it feels too... Having the guy be like, holy shit, is Captain America leaving my building? Having that dude recognize it makes it feel like we're sort of working on that. Um, right. And then... So that's cool. Ostensibly the reason why he puts on the cop out uniform to go back to like to hide himself is because he's fi- he figures that anybody that he's anybody that is seen helping Captain America will um, incur the wrath of the national force. And uh, hey, Cap- Steve, um, I'm guessing anybody who puts two and two together and sees Captain America leaving the commissioner's office via window is going to guess the same thing. So what? Well, I think I think ultimately when you're trying to find um, white nationalists, the NYPD is the place to start. Anyway, ah. <clears throat> uh, Abolish the police. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. But seriously, abolish the police. Um, So Captain America number 233 is written by Roger McKenzie, colored by Nel Yamtov, and lettered by Rick Parker. Uh, Cap is like trying, struggling to keep 
he's trying to get Morgan's men f- to go the fuck away rather than killing themselves against the national force. And he's just like, just let me deal with this. This is what I do. You go sell drugs or something like we all have our jobs, man. Um, but they managed to, they managed to quell this whole thing. Cap doesn't know if Sharon is among the national force people who then immolated themselves. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh my God, is Sharon dead? Uh, but I'll, so here's, here's the thing. Um, we'll get to why this is happening. Uh, Cap is like, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe Sharon is just kind of here. Like I'm with her because I can't be with Peggy because she's now too old for me. But like, if that weren't the case, I wouldn't be with Sharon. And, uh, you know, if you've seen Endgame, you know, that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And we get to, we'll find We'll figure out why. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but he goes to Mount Sinai hospital to protect Peggy only to find out she was signed out by Dr. Steve Rogers. He goes after the dude who did it. And what do you know? It's Dr. Faustus behind the whole thing. And the grand director turns out to be the 1950s Captain America. Holy shit. Whatever. Um, what, what we, what, what we get out of all of this is Sharon is dead for 15 years, which is to say Sharon actually never died. Right. But, we don't get a resolution to what happened to Sharon for 15 fucking years. So the, the, the writers are clearly like not interested in, in doing anything with Sharon any longer. So what it amounts to is they kill her off and have cap realize that he didn't really feel that strongly about her to begin with. So it's kind of okay that she's dead. Uh, which is really a just a Richard relocation. Like, holy fuck! Yeah. Um, I uh, like at least let the man mourn. Yeah, I, I I really think that's fucked up. Um, and it I is. Don't, <laughs> it's. I I understand the Steve's side in it initially where he's like i don't know you know because relationships are like that sometimes and they just sort of dwindle and like she was being she was having trouble with him being cap in the first place and like they had their reasons to have their problems and right so like and the fact that he'd been in fucking space or wherever for like three months and didn't tell her and like there the communication's a problem and you know like if they're having issues as with their relationship that makes sense to me and i still and i get the part where he's like holy shit she might be dead because and this is gonna sound cold but like 
that's a problem for him because you know now he's not gonna have any of that closure with like do they will they won't they will they or you know like how their relationship is they never got to talk about it um you know he still cares for her he just doesn't know like what their what their deal is right to have that used as a justification for well i guess it's fine she's dead like that's fucked up like no 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 man no i know how i would be in a situation like that and it's yeah i would still be fucked like possibly more so because i don't know how we left things like if she yeah i if she's dead if she if to him she's dead for 15 years or whatever that should fuck with him for a while Um, it should and it absolutely should and my worry is that we don't get we don't get any indication that it bothers him for the next few issues yeah but you know to be fair there's stuff going on well and he's still Um, holding out hope that he's going to find her when he gets right. to wherever the grand director is. And that's fine too. I think But we don't even get a thought bubble about like I ho- oh my god, I hope Sharon's okay. It's just kinda like Oh yeah, and, and Sharon's gone. Like, you know, it's yeah. Uh yeah. So uh So that brings us to Captain America number two thirty four which has a cover by Keith Pollard and Joe Sinnott and is lettered by Jim Novak. Um, Having now been brainwashed, Cap appears in a commercial that uh, the National Force uh, airs on every channel, uh, breaking into whatever's airing to air this. Um, This causes Daredevil to get involved. Uh, He does his daredevil thing and manages to locate cap and break him out of the brainwashing at which point dr faustus tells his men to kill them both that's the short version of this issue and it's a little it's a little pat um i i feel like I don't know if Dr. Faustus was just controlling Cap long enough to get that commercial made because it's kind of delicious that he did. Yeah. You know, Uh, this is some shitty brainwashing because literally (laughs) all it is is in the course of the fight with Daredevil, Cap's shield gets covered in oil, which washes off the swastika they painted onto it and he's just like uh, uh, daredevil where am i what's going on <laughs> and daredevil's just like i'll explain and that just seems like really easy to deal with and i feel like what we have seen and will see of dr faustus's brain tampering suggests he's better than this and it's so it's kind of lame <laughs> Faustus is scary I thought he was going to be a bigger threat because 
doing what he's done to 50s cap is genuinely fucked up and like well yeah uh scary um and i was like okay cool because like he's a mess most of the time he's not in front of other people like when it's just him and faustus in their office 50s cap is a a puddle right yeah because he's like oh man are we doing the right thing yeah he's just a quivering mass um of naked humanity and uh wrapped in that veneer and i Mm -hmm. you know when so it's like okay wow faustus is coming for blood this time um and then yeah like you say it just doesn't all it takes is daredevil batting him around a little bit and then washing off the shield to get steve out of his funk yeah that is fine this issue i didn't like as much as i think next issue i liked and the one after a lot more even though like oh well i guess let's just do next issue then okay uh captain america number 235 has a cover by ed hannigan and joe rubenstein inked by jack abel and frank miller colored by roger slifer and lettered by john costanza so captain daredevil managed to survive uh a fire at the at the warehouse that they're in um unlike con (laughs) (laughs) con was both on fire and falling out of the sky so yeah (laughs) woohoo twofer um and i legitimately in my i see this is what i'm saying this morning when i was doing my notes i was just like god damn it uh because my notes literally say cap and daredevil uh narrowly avoid dying in a fire unlike con (laughs) (laughs) but uh but then when the police and everybody arrive they're able to you they're able to pick up the trail thanks to daredevil's enhanced senses uh they figure out that faustus and focap are uh headed to an airfield they follow faustus and focap take off in a dirigible uh there were a bunch of planes there for an air show or something uh so they commandeer one of the world war one fighter planes uh but so do a bunch of the national force dudes so there's a dog fight around the dirigible uh and the plane that cap and daredevil are in is damaged and so cap leaves the blind guy to pilot <laughs> while jumping out onto the dirigible who the fuck is organizing this air show that they put live rounds in their goddamn (laughs) in their goddamn planes what are we doing i don't want to go to that air show everybody's gonna die it's like i mean i kind of do (laughs) um but yeah i the, that was, the thing, wasn't that part of the plot of the Rocketeer was that they accidentally put live rounds in one of the airshow guns because to get somebody killed? Like, I don't, man, I haven't seen the Rocketeer <laughs> since I was a kid. Sure. I only remember that uh, Jennifer Connelly was in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I only remember movies because they have Jennifer Connelly in them, but that's my own thing. Um, the, the thing. <laughs> I can't get over 
Like, um, Daredevil should argue more strenuously <laughs> against <laughs> against being left in charge of the plane. Like, he's kind, he kind of offers a weak defense of, I don't really know how to fly a plane. And I get, I get that he doesn't want to just come out and be like, I'm blind, Cap. Uh, but especially since, as we establish in these issues, the the plane's motor and everything and the wind and everything else is playing unholy hell with his senses. Right. So I feel like he really should be a little more ardent about how he really should not be left in charge of this. <laughs> well, and even and, Cap's like... As he's like, he offers his first, like, hey, no, please don't do that. Um, and Cap's like, no, nah, like, we did the easy part. And you're going to skip the hard part. Just set, just point her at the ocean or point her out to sea and take her down slow or and let her come down slow as she runs out of fuel. And uh, Daredevil's like, that's still crashing into the ocean. And also, um, not to, you know, I'm sure. Which way is that? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, the best part of this, though, is Cap's plan of jump out onto the blimp uh, does not pan out uh, at all. So um, (laughs) that leads us to Captain America number 236, which has a cover by Keith Pollard and Joe Sinnott and is written by Roger McKenzie and Michael Fleischer inked by Don Pearl and covered by Ben Sean and lettered by Jim Novak. Uh, Captain America is hurtling toward his death, <laughs> having missed uh, the giant thing that takes up like a lot of air. Uh-huh. Uh, he missed it. Yep. And so now he's plummeting to his death. So Daredevil manages somehow to get the plane near him and throw him as a truncheon. Again, Daredevil is blind and does, and can't use his other senses, but he does all this. Uh, I'm wi- so Cap at, at this is, point. I'm willing to yada 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 some of this because, like, yeah. I, we're we're playing. You kind of have to. You kind of have to. Otherwise, none of it works. Yeah. Um, so Daredevil is able to throw the truncheon, which allows Cap to not die. Yeah. Uh, and then he brings the plane down into the river. Uh, once they've done that, Cap and Daredevil take a Quinjet and go after them again. Um, and in the pro- once they're aboard, we find uh, out what the whole deal is with 50s Cap. Um this is a little bit odd because Faustus receive Faustus 50s cap and Bucky are sent to a, an institution that it turns out Faustus is, has implanted himself in like a tick. Um, and he begins working on the 50s cap, uh, and in the process of doing all of this, he has, in order to, like, I don't know, cement the brainwashing or whatever, he has that cap 
shoot his Bucky. The 50s Bucky is Jack Monroe, who later becomes Nomad. And as far as I can tell, there's no explanation as to how he wasn't shot, but whatever. Um, but okay. so to, to go back to what I said is this is a much more dangerous Faustus than yeah. like the than we were given beforehand, which yeah. also sucks because we've now devolved and I'm okay with the daredevil and cat parts of this story because we're running, we're running, jumping, climbing trees. That's what both of these guys are supposed to be doing. Right. Right. It just sort of, it, it again, it dilutes Faustus again, that it turns into a goddamn bond villain scheme where I'm going to gas the city. And it's like, no, the Joker does that. What are you, he's, what do you do? He's got this mind control gas that he's going to spray over the city <coughs> and use those people to bolster the national force and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Who cares? But yeah, no, Faustus's plan here is really goddamn dumb. Um, and I, I kind of, it kind of undercuts a lot of this for so many of the people involved in the national force to be mind controlled. Um, because like people don't need mind control to be shitty racists. Yeah. But whatever you get it. Yeah. It definitely undercuts the, um, the initial message of like, because at the rally at the beginning of all this, um, you know, Grand, what's his face, uh, was all grand director. Grand director was all spewing hate speech, and the crowd wasn't having any of it. Like yeah. his his crowd was basically like, "Fuck you, you, we don't like your hate speech. Get your shit out of here." Like both white people and black people in the crowd were all like, "Get this fucking guy out of here. What the shit?" And uh, yeah. the cops are like, well, he's got a permit. We got to let him. And they're like, well, we don't fucking have to. And that's when they turn on him. And then he does some mind control thing. And that's when the white people in the crowd go nuts. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You you can se- you could have said a lot more if it weren't mind control gas. But here well, we this, are. This winds up like Zootopia. <laughs> and... Here's the thing. Okay. No. no. Hold on. I haven't seen it. Because Zootopia... Zootopia sets out to say something about race. Yeah. Okay? All right. In as much as, like, there are... There are very clear divides between predators and prey, which is itself not a good allegory for race, but... Okay, so we're proceeding from a not great racial standing starting point. Sure. Fine. But, like, there's a lot to be said about, in that movie, for the first part of things, because there are very clear class and racial divides in the city of Zootopia. Fine. But then about midway through, it's just like, oh, no. No, these problems are being exacerbated by exposure to plants that make predators 
uh, revert to their animalistic state, get rid of those and racism is solved. And it's just, and that's what this is basically is just like, man, racial tensions, huh? But, oh, it turns out all the white people were being controlled. Yeah. Ain't that the damnedest thing? And it's just like, okay, but what about all the other racist white people we've seen? And it's like, well, yeah, but not them. We're talking about these specific white people. And it's just like, oh, guys, come on. No. So, anyway, 50s Cap uh, is told to destroy Captain America, but instead of doing so, activates his belt, which sets him on fire. But it's okay, because he survived. And he'll show up later in uh, when Bucky is Captain America. They save Peggy and destroy the dir- dirigible. And uh, Dr. Faustus is captured. whoop de fucking do It's... I... Mm, I don't know. Hey... Okay, so, like I said, this story in and of itself has a lot of problems. Um, No. But there are, like, things that I enjoyed about it as I was reading it. This was the first time in a while that, and I feel like I say this a lot, so maybe it wasn't. Um, Reading Captain America wasn't a slog. Even though this story particularly, it could have been, right? And I think that was because of the infusion of Daredevil into the story. And again, who am I? What am I saying? Right? Like, adding Daredevil to a thing rarely makes it better. Um, and this is... it. The middle bit, when they're in the plane and they're falling out of the sky and, like, they're doing things... Like, they're doing comic book shit. And yeah. I'm having fun, right? We're running, jumping... Like I say, running, jumping, climbing trees. Like, let's, let's fucking... Go have adventure. Um, That's great. Um, And then it devolves into... And then we get a glimpse of how incredibly fucked up Faustus is. And how he's destroyed this man's mind. And like, that's what he's capable of. But that doesn't... And that's immediately undercut by the gas plan. And all of that... Like, there's, there's things that are... There's things that are good... It just, I, 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 I had fun for the most part. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I, yeah. So, yeah. Avengers. Avengers. Avengers number 179 has a cover by Keith Pollard and Rudy Nebris and is written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Jim Mooney, inked by Al Gordon, colored by Mario Sen, lettered by Denise Wall, and edited by Jim Shooter. Uh, a villain named Stinger abducts the Black Panther and has plans for the rest of the Avengers. Whoop-de-fucking-do, we'll get to that next issue. Uh, meanwhile, at a gala... Meanwhile, everyone else is an idiot. Like, well, we'll, we'll, yeah. They're at a gala for the museum, um, and they're like... They're all doing their Avengers like public appearances. When this Hawkman named Bloodhawk shows up, uh, demanding repatriation of this artifact that's part of the museum exhibit. And uh, the the curator of the museum is shocked to discover that 
uh, this artifact was stolen from another country, which, hate to break it to you about everything else in your museum, uh, but, oh, yeah. Um, well, he even say, is starting to say something about it, it being bought. And I'm yeah. like, that's not better. Um, that's that's not better. But block, <laughs> blood, Blockhead. Bloodhawk is just like, that's a lie. And uh, he's like, we need to return this to the country of Mora uh, because it will be destroyed without it. So the Avengers take Bloodhawk and his teacher back to the Avengers mansion and they have a vote about what to do. And the weird, the weird thing that happens is Iron Man is just like, this guy's claims of magic are bullshit. Even though like, you know, you know, Dr. Strange, you're on a team with Thor. Come on, man. Like, (laughs) that's what what are you doing? I was just like, and even Vision at one point is like, I'm a fucking android with a brain built off of a man that you know. He's in the other room. And uh, you have seen the crazy shit that Wanda does when she's actually being the Scarlet Witch. And you've met a fucking actual witch. Um, like, yeah. how... But he's much more Vision when he's doing that. Yeah. And Tony's like, nah, it's bunk. Like, yeah. What? So the Avengers vote about whether to help. And it's a narrow victory in favor of helping Bloodhawk. So so part of the Avengers head to the country of Mora. And when they get there, then this giant stone colossus rises out of the ocean and is just like, raw smash. Uh, So Avengers number 180... Uh, has a cover by Dan Atkins and is inked by Mike Esposito and colored by Bob Sharon. The Avengers are not doing well against this giant stone thing. Uh, but then, like, they hit upon the idea of uh, if we can get the artifact back to the thing set in its head, maybe it will stop. No. What? They take forever to get to that conclusion. Because oh, I was just trying to blow through yeah, a lot of the bullshit but like, here. Go, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying we've got a lot in this issue. Because, like, the Stone Colossus is, like, the first half of the issue. Right. No, you're so, right. Uh, so Beast manages to make his way to the top and put the artifact on its head, which causes it to become inert. At which point Thor teleports the Colossus away. Um, having now heard Bloodhawk's origin in that he is a... Um, his dad was fucking around with shit and experimenting on his mom. And he was born a Hawkman. And his dad just fucked off. And then like left him with this teacher... And the teacher's just like, try not to be too hard to hard on him. He's had a hard go of it. So at the end of at the end of this specific fight, Beast is like, look, I get it. I know a dude who could help you. Why don't you let me introduce you to him? And Bloodhawk's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So they head back to New York, return to the mansion. At which point. They are then captured by Stinger. Uh, and 
this is this is really frustrating because Stinger Stinger sucks. Yeah. Like Stinger is fucking terrible and he takes the Avengers down like they're fucking amateurs. So he he manages to capture them all, but because Beast is um Beast has a healing factor and as such is able to recover from the drugs quicker and then releases everybody. They have another fight with Stinger. Uh, Bloodhawk takes a blast meant for Thor. Uh, they defeat Stinger. Bloodhawk is like, do you, do you think my dad would have been proud of me? And his teacher is like, yes, he is. And Bloodhawk dies. Um... Okay. Is that the end? Yeah. Okay. That's... What? What? You're his dad? Why? Yeah. Why are you his dad? Nothing about that makes sense. No. What? Why would you not be... What? Are you... No, wait. Are you his father? Like, in a metaphorical sense? Or, like, are you, like, legit his dad? Because that doesn't make any kind of sense. Um, It's stupid and cruel. Like, what are you doing? Um, It's almost worse than if his original dad, or original dad, if his biological father had given him up. Like, what are you, what? Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. And then, yeah, the thing at the beginning with the, the rock monster, Vision and Thor just jump out of the plane and are immediately like, I better punch it. I'll phase through it. That didn't work. Ideas? Yep. And it just takes forever before Beast... I like that it's Beast who figured it out because it gives him something to do and a reason to be on the team and blah, blah, blah. Like, in the, he... Beast gets two things in these issues that really justify his being there, which has been a problem yeah. for a while now. Because he gets the stone di- the stone disc up to the head, and he's the one who frees the Avengers so they can take down Stinger. I so, like I like that. The only thing that I wish would have happened would have been having a having the space somewhere to take a beat with him, to actually acknowledging that. Um, yeah, but there was too much fucking going on to to be able to do that. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I also, agree. This could have been a little more. I I don't like saying this because uh, I hate I hate suggesting that we need to move quicker in the direction of decompressed storytelling, but like this could have had a bit more room to breathe. Yeah. Uh, also, somebody really ought to do something about the tinkerer. <laughs> they really should. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of tinkerer action. Three villains this yeah. week uh, get get kit from the tink. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get their kit from the tinkerer. Um, and it's just it's yeah. Somebody deal with this guy. <coughs> and at least anyway. one of them announces it to the hero. Uh, yeah. So deal with this guy. All right. Yeah. 
Uh, so the last two issues I feel like we could kind of burn through because it's setting up what we're going to be reading at the beginning of next week. So let's fucking do it. Yep. Uh, Incredible Hulk number 238 has a cover by Bob Layton and is written by Roger Stern, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Jack Abel, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Al Milgram. We have a bun. So Ross and Samson leave Gamma Base. Uh, Jimmy Carter has a conversation with Senator Hawk and um, Clay Quartermain about the future of Gamma Base after touring the remains of Central City. Glenn and Betty finalize their divorce and Glenn loses his shit completely this week. Uh, And Kropotkin finally decides... Thankfully, that he needs to be literally anywhere else. Cool. Meanwhile, in the A-plot, the Hulk has a run-in with some guy in Canada and his daughter before leaping away and falling asleep at the top of Mount Rushmore. Goldbug is at the Tinkerer's uh, and gets a new airship, and uh, Tinkerer's like, cool, you're going to need some kind of better power source. And the go- and Goldbug's just like, I'm on it. And it turns out he is doing something for the mysterious they who wield power. That's the, that's the gist of that. Yeah, not a lot of Hulk in this Hulk book, but that's actually okay. We had... I mean, it's fine by me, because, yeah. it, I mean, it's a lot of setup for other things and it's a lot of wrap up from other stuff so yeah story wise like we need it i i feel like we kind of needed a a hulk falls asleep somewhere and other people get to do things for a while i agree we kind of needed to tie we needed to to tighten up our supporting cast Uh uh-huh um and samson i i actually I mean, it's not going to make my top five or anything, but I enjoyed Samson when Hawk is like, where the fuck are you going? It's it's like, I resign. I want, you know what? I didn't even work here. Like, I, I came here to do research and then I accidentally became, I'm not an administrator. Fuck off. I'm taking my patient and leaving. I, I never wanted to be an yeah. administrator. Right. I fell into it by necessity. You are welcome to it. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, and it's like, I, even I was like, "What are you yelling at him for? Like, he didn't want this. He's not even. You're a senator. Fix it if you want. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Incredible Hulk number two thirty nine has a cover by Al Milgram, and is inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Nell Yamtov, and lettered by Jim Novak. Uh, Hulk is beset by a Hulkbuster unit. Uh, at which point Goldbug shows up and is like, here, let me help you escape. And Hulk's like, duh, okay. And so he gets aboard and uh, Goldbug is like, here, grab hold of these handles and they'll do something. But oh no, it's a trap. And the Hulk is his new power source. But they who wield power were just using Goldbug to get Hulk from point A to point B. So they free the Hulk, who freaks out and wails on Goldbug, destroying the airship. They come down, and the spot in which they come down 
uh, Hulk is then greeted by a random dude named Talak, who says that Hulk is going to free his people. Yeah. Why yeah. did I like? Why did I like this issue less? Mainly, maybe it's just because it's the cliffhanger, or no, I think I know what it is, and it's the I don't like these shadowy organizations that are operating from beyond space or whatever. Like, yeah, I have never truly enjoyed that. When when it happens in Strange, it's mostly annoying. When it happens in it happens a lot to Hulk, um, actually, now that I think about it. And yeah. it's just like, guys, have a villain or don't. Like, don't pull these things in the background where it's like, ooh, spooky. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Like, I, yeah. well, it's, we're, we're doing dark machinations in the background. And it's like, I... You completely misunderstand why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here for this. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Eh. Uh, so yeah and then the the one thing I will say is so you know Betty Betty is finalizing her divorce when um, the guy doing it passes along his condolences and she's like what what do you mean and the guy's like oh yeah I guess you didn't hear your dad had a nervous breakdown and Betty's like what and rushes off and Glenn's just like fucking hulk fucking hulk man the hulk is the cause of all of my problems and it's just like mm -hmm. the hulk is the cause of some of your problems sure um <laughs> some of your problems think, are very glenn problems yeah i think some of those problems would have existed if the hulk had never existed but whatever Fuck you, Glenn. Fuck you. Yeah. Top five? Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top five. Uh, number five. Cat, uh, Steve keep walking. Steve keep walk keeps walking into his place as Cap. Wow. Mm -hmm. Why did I have so much trouble with that? Um. It's just hilarious to me. And I actually hope it pays off as something. Um, and not... A red herring. Or not yeah. a red herring. I like like an incidental funny thing that happened. I hope it actually is a thing. Um, right. Number four. Somebody really ought to do something about Tinkerer. Uh, guys, get on that. Number three. Really, Tony? How hard is this? I, I don't understand why you need this much goddamn convincing that this is a good idea and we should go help. Also, we should help. How hard is that? Yeah. Um, you got something to do? What What's going on? Uh, number two is this Faustus is scary. Where is this guy the rest of the story? Um, mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I really like that page where it's explaining, like, as far as, like, this is a villain. Like, this is a bad guy, and this is what he's doing, and what he's capable of, and then we just don't do that. Right. Um, so that was number two, and then my number one is, who organized this air show? I, 
as soon as I read that, I was just like, I know it's comics and all, but like live rounds at an air show, really? I can't. Yeah. I'm not. Also, it would be more interesting if like the planes, you got one guy jumps from one biplane to the other and, you know, they punch each other. I don't know. It, It was just like, what asshole put live rounds in these planes? Okay. Done. Yeah. Uh, my number five is this stolen artifact from another country is stolen. <laughs> uh, number four, Machine Man's coworkers fucking suck. Yeah. Like, I understand. But even I'm kind of on board with, like, ignoring these specific people. But, like, you gotta. We already beat that horse to death so but yeah they suck yeah i i like to imagine that the one co-worker that we were complaining about is like if this had come out in the 90s he'd have been like incessantly quoting rob schneider's snl character with all of the like making copies yeah and you'd just be like dude shut the fuck up (laughs) um so yeah uh so that was number four number three it's fine i didn't really love her anyway i guess (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) because that's just such a shitty way to end this yeah holy fuck it does not do good things for cap it really does not and i it's a choice like you that's a choice you did this on purpose uh, like, I, I understand if this were a real person, I could maybe understand because feelings surrounding death are complicated and maybe they're telling that to themselves in order to fool themselves into lessening the blow and blah, 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 blah. And there's a whole lot going on there. When a writer has a character doing that, I'm like, what the fuck is that, dude? Well, yeah, or, and it depends on how close we are, like, as a writer, how close are you to your character, right? Yeah. If you're fully, we only see the externals, right? Like, I don't get Mm -hmm. inside his head, I just get his, or that person's actions, then Mm -hmm. to do, to do this would be like, what the fuck, right? But we're really close, so, like, as writers of most superhero comics are right up in your main protagonist's head, right? right? So, like, to do... To know that he's not even doing it internally is, right. like, come on, guy. Seriously fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It really is. Like, I think Cap may be a sociopath. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... Number two is, uh, I am filled with so much compassion for my fellow man. And to prove it, I will let this man die in the most gruesome way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not even, not, because, like, there are a lot of, dying sucks, I feel like. Dying would suck. Probably. Uh, but, like, dying in a fire is supposedly like a pretty shitty way to go. So not a, not just letting a man die, but also like letting a man die 
like feeling his skin melt and like the fire going down his throat as he screams and all of this it's just like holy shit Aaron like were you programmed to be a fucking lunatic uh because seriously that was that was dark they played that off like it was no big deal but that was fucking dark Aaron uh number one no cap seriously i really should not be flying this plane (laughs) i can't tell you why but no (laughs) i cannot stress this enough i should not be allowed you cannot leave me alone with the controls of this plane why i really can't let you in that close but like do not jump off i'll jump off the plane let me do that and he's like what? You'd rather jump off the plane than fly it? Absolutely. What I, what I really what I really want is later on in continuity, once like some of the more established heroes know who Daredevil is. Yeah. I wish there'd been a moment where Cap was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> "Oh man." I or, did not know that. Or if Panther was here to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I, I would, I would genuinely love to have seen Cap just be like, I had you. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. I really no, tried to tell fine. you. I really tried to tell you. I mean, everything. <laughs> we're here. It worked out. Um, it's fine. I mean, obviously, it's fine. Like, I'm not. I'm not angry. No, seriously. I. I am. So I really sorry. have to apologize about that. You that were trying. You were trying to def- to tell me too, weren't you? Well, I mean, I oh was, man. But I didn't. You know, in in your defense, though, I could have. Uh, I could have been a little more strenuous about it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, the more we talked about this week, the more that I think I'm like, I think I hate read this week and didn't know it. Like, (laughs) um, because I don't, I didn't have that. God, I fucking hate with exception of like some of the machine man decisions for the most part. I didn't have that. Like I, you know, the feeling I have sometimes when I'm reading the books where I'm just like, oh, fuck, this is so stupid or, you know, this story sucks or that decision's stupid or, you know, whatever. Right. I didn't have that until we started talking about it. And I was like, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I I think a lot of I think part of it may have been like. Reading that Cap storyline after reading Machine Man, it maybe came out better simply because it was more consistent Yeah. than Machine Man. Uh, but if you look at it, like, divorced from that context, it's not as good. Uh, yeah. I and think it... Avengers just becomes a decent... I mean, stupid decisions are made and there's a lot packed into it, but it, it becomes even better because it's one thing. There's a, there's a distraction and a shitty villain in the background and we just got to punch both. Right. Right. Like that, that's much easier to, to, to handle. And it comes off very consistent as well. Like I, 
but only because Cap's so kind of shaky beforehand. But Cap's yeah. comes off fine because Machine Man is incredibly un unconsistent, like or yeah. inconsistent. Anyway, so that is it for us this week. Uh, next week we will be getting back into that uh, Incredible Hulk storyline. Um, but then we just have a smattering of stuff as usual. Um, in the meantime, uh, follow us, uh, on Facebook and both, uh, collectively at at watchers guide MU and individually, the links to our, um, Twitter handles are in the bio for the show. Uh, Email us at watchersguide at gmail.com. Rate and review us wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Uh, and visit our website at watchersguide.com. You can find all of the reading lists. Plus, um, you can download the episodes if that's something you need to do. Uh, and yeah, have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,